Hello and welcome to Alchemy. It's good to have you on board. I'm very much looking forward to this episode of the show. I hope you've had a lovely start to 2017 and that it's bringing you lots of good things. The show is free and on demand from iTunes and alchemyradio.net. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so from the website, which is alchemyradio.net, as I've just said, or on Facebook and Twitter as well. We're building a little community there gradually, so don't be shy. Come and say hello. We exist thanks to your kind donations, so thank you to everybody who does so via our website. We're a completely non-profit and intend to stay that way, and the level of output that we have is dependent on bandwidth costs, etc., etc. I won't harp on too much about it, but uh, those of you that have donated recently... You're responsible for this show that we're about to have, so thank you very much. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash alchemy radio, which is another way that you can help keep us afloat and access some other content that you wouldn't normally have access to. Uh, We're in the process as well of updating our YouTube channel because some people don't have access to iTunes and the other various methods, but they do have access to, to YouTube. So it's all about getting the information out there. So we're back loading all of the episodes from episode one right up to the current episode 86. So over the next couple of weeks, you'll be able to access all of our shows on YouTube as well. Exciting times. So then, on to the show. Alchemy, 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 alchemy. Our guest this episode is Hilary Connor. Hilary is based in Ireland and from a very young age has been blessed with the ability to see, feel and hear spirit. Throughout the years she's learned from spiritual teachers or spirit guides on how to develop the connection with our spiritual helpers. She's been working as a spiritual medium since 1999 and runs a practice called Searsha Hypnosis and Spiritual Wellbeing which was founded in 2011. Hypnotherapy has become part of the healing practice as a result of a progressive journey working with clients in the area of healing spiritual and personal development and growth and I just know we're going to have lots of interesting things to speak about so Hilary you're very welcome to Alchemy how are you? I'm great John thank you I'm great and yourself? I'm really good and it's always good to have another Irish accent on the other end of the line I mean we've guests on the show from so many countries around the world and there's just an air of comfort and familiarity then when I hear your voice yeah, <laughs> um, and and like that, your voice is very very familiar. You know, it's it's um, um, it's like it's like well, I suppose it's like I've heard it before. <laughs> and maybe you have. Who knows? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, there's a question, Hillary, that I ask every first time guest on the show, and it's the old chestnut. How did you get from where you were to where you are now? Um, well, I suppose John, going right back, um. When I was very, very little, probably about five or six, strange as it may sound, but I always had this natural ability to be able to see what I call spirit, to Mm. be able to see non-physical beings. Um, And some people call that a medium, some people call that psychic. Um, But to me, when I was very young, I didn't know any different and it was very, very normal. And I also knew that the beings that I was seeing who I later came to realise they were my spirit guides nobody else could see them and I also knew that they were not of this physical planet and they came from the same place that I came from and everybody else came from Okay. Um, so for me there was nothing 
um, different about that until I started getting a bit older and I realised that, you know, this isn't the case for for everybody, you know. Um, and fast forward a few years, um, I was always very interested and drawn to anything metaphysical and anything spiritual as well. So in my early 20s, I taught myself how to read the tarot cards and one thing led to another and... Um, I started doing readings for people and giving spiritual guidance to people. That's the perspective I'd always come from. It's all spiritual guidance for you on your path while you're here on this planet. So as you can be the best that you can be and be as happy as you can be as well and overcome the challenges that come in our paths as with as much strength as you possibly can, which is always infinitely available to us. Um, and then later on, I trained in hypnotherapy um, uh, and now I'm a certified consulting hypnotherapist and the natural psychic medium as well. And I run um, a holistic practice here from my home in Wallaceed in Wexford. Well, I'm absolutely fascinated by what it is that you do. We often hear stories about how children have certain abilities to see things or sense things that we eventually lose or gradually lose over time. And when you talk about seeing spirits or entities or guides, is it a physical thing or is it more a presence or how does that manifest for you? When I was very young, describe the memory. I remember kneeling down, playing on the floor with my toys in the sitting room back in mum and dad's house. And my spirit guides, the way I saw them then, they were, oh, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was in physical form, but I could see them in much the same way as if I could see you if you were standing right in front of me now. You right. know. But they were much grander, much bigger, much taller. Their presence which was much greater than a human being's presence, so to speak. Okay. Um, and I could see them with my physical eyes then. And I don't remember the time when came that I couldn't see them physically anymore. And now, presently, it, it just faded. You know, I suppose the veil came down between the two worlds as you're, you know, you're, you, you begin to become conditioned um, into the thought process in this planet, you know, and I started plugging into that. But now it's the energy. Um, it's like as if I can, it's, I call it clairsentient. I'd pick up on the energy and then the clairvoyance would develop. So I'd see them in my mind's eye, but it's the energy that I'm reading, you know. So quite like if you were standing beside somebody and there's an energy about them that you, like say if you were standing beside a physical human being. Yeah. And the the energy, the vibration that you're picking up off them is very much the same as what I pick up from spirit and I read it from there. Okay, because I know there'll be a lot of cynics listening and they'll be thinking, no, well, I mean, there are five senses and they're maybe embedded in a five-sense reality. But as you're speaking, it reminds me maybe a little bit of what it's like when somebody just has a sense that there's somebody in the room behind them or somebody's looking at them. There are these extra things that we can pick up on and some people have, they're, they're much more finely tuned to it. So maybe like tuning in a TV, the... The signal is always there, but until you tune your TV into the correct signal, you won't get a picture on the screen. So maybe something a little bit like that, Hilary, is it? Yeah, exactly. And if you think of it in terms of energy and vibration and you're tuning into that frequency in much the same way as you're tuning in your radio or you're tuning in your TV, you know, um, and it's it, like it's like the energy and vibration, everything is made up of um 
the energy and vibration and we're all vibrating on all various different frequencies. Yeah. And when you raise your vibration, spirit would vibrate on a very, very high frequency. Um, and when you raise your vibration, you're tuning into that frequency and then channeling the information from there, you know, through you out into um, this, the, I suppose, the, whatever the vibration you want to channel out to whatever person you're talking to or, you know, but it's like it, it's a sense of just picking up the energy. Yeah. Yeah. So what form then did the interaction take? I mean, were you able to and are you able to ask questions of the guides or was it maybe like information just being given to you without any control over it? Or what, what would that be like? <laughs> say in terms of a reading, I always laugh because say if I'm giving somebody um, a, a, a spiritual reading. And it could be their spiritual helpers come in. It could be somebody who was passed on into spirit coming in. It could be, or it could be both, or it could be what people would know as angels. You know, um, I, I have to laugh because because it's always by, for guidance for their higher, highest benefit. I'd be asking spirit questions, and they don't give me necessarily the answers that I want or answer the questions that I ask. They'll give the information that's needed. Do you know what I mean? Now, a lot of the time they will. They'll answer the questions if I'm asking the right ones. You yeah. know? But if I'm not, they'll just talk about their agenda, which is for the highest benefit of the person uh, receiving the guidance, you know, the person getting the reading done, mm. you know. So it's, it's um, they'll, they'll communicate that to me. In, it's like if you could understand it in the form of kind of seeing energy and energy manifesting into form as signs, as symbols, in a way that I'm going to get it from my perspective or it could be in, in, in the form of a memory of something similar that happened to me that will flash into my mind, you, you know. Mm. Um, it depends on what it is. It could be, um, it, say they're giving me a name of somebody, for example, they show me somebody that I know with that name, I know to say that name. Did you get me? Yeah, you know I, th- I, mean? I think I do. Yeah, that seems to make sense to me, all right. So it's quite a personal I mean, thing for you then. Yeah, and I developed it myself. Nobody taught me how to do it. You know what I mean? It's all... When I say I developed it myself, I believe my, my own spirit guides taught me how to do this. So I worked with spirit to mm. do this, you know, and, and they were my teachers. They showed me how to do it with the will of me working with them. I developed it from there, really, you know, and I'm, all, I'm always learning, really. Yeah, it's fascinating. So, I mean, I'm full of questions here just as you talk. So bear with me while I try and get through them. And hopefully the, the listener will have similar questions. So we're on the same wavelength. But is it, is it a case that these guides are maybe spirits who were previously manifested in physical form on this planet or is it something else is it interdimensional or what's your impression of who they are and where they come from oh gosh do you have a day do you have a week well we've all the time in the world (laughs) (laughs) there's so many different ways to answer that question um Okay, but I'm going to go with this one. If you could imagine that there's no separation between me and you and them, okay? Mm-hmm. We are all part of the same whole. We are, all, we are all one. Regardless of whether we're on another dimension that is, some people call it heaven, you know, mm. um, or somewhere else, we're all connected. Um, now, I'm going deep here. But if you could imagine that the information that's coming through is coming from a higher level of consciousness that I'm connected to and they're connected to, which effectively means that they download that information from a higher level of consciousness that's there 
let's say in the ether, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not another world on a physical level that exists somewhere else. It's there around us all the time. It's all one. And my spirit guides who, just to answer your question on a very basic level, I don't believe if they lived with me here in this in, in this physical plane, it was going back probably centuries and centuries, probably thousands of years ago. But I just I just get the sense that it's a long time since they've lived here. You know, yeah. And um, this is from the level of the spirit guides, medium mystic. It's it's different. They're loved ones who have passed on and come into the reading to pass on their messages. But from the level of the spirit guides, they're highly evolved spirit beings. Um, with coming through with information from much higher levels of consciousness that I can physically understand on a humanistic level, but it's delivered down through me in a way that I can understand it from my perspective and then delivered out to the, the, the person getting the reading. But if because there is no separation between me and even you and them and all of the listeners, that information is effectively available to us all if we raise our vibration tune into it and ask from our heart that's the key thing it's got to be from our hearts it's always got to be from a place of love because love is the thing the one and only thing and power that connects us all okay so it's it does i think so it's it's kind of like an intuitive thing that you haven't lost the ability to do that is innate within us all from the time we arrive here in, in, in this life, if you want to look at it that way. And most yeah. of us become so conditioned or plugged into the matrix that we lose that ability or forget that we ever had it even in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. However, it's always instantly available to us all. You know, it's, it's just it's 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 knowing that and being consciously aware of that and then developing it from there, you know. Um, and I think on this planet now, this planet is going through so you've probably heard this planet is going through such a shift now. Yeah. Um and it's the, the vibration of the planet is going higher and higher and it's speeding up faster and quicker than ever before. So as a result, so many people across the world are waking up to this, are waking up to the fact of hang on a second, I'm a spirit being down here having a human experience and from there they're discovering Hang on a second, there's more to me than just this physical body. There's more to me. I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my emotions. I'm not just what I do. I'm not just what I have. I'm not defined by that. I am so much greater than that. And I'm of something so much greater and more infinite than I, than, than just this. You know, and from there, all of our experiences change. Our vibrations rise. We start working with um, cosmic law, you know, divine law, which which will then work with us and, and, and through us so as our lives change and we begin to um, effectively become more intuitive. Um, and and I, I see the intuition a bit like a sat-nav, you know, yeah. a sat-nav there within us all so as we know what to do, what to say, where to go, what to choose, you, you know, when you're working with it. But yes, it is. It's 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 waking up to the fact that, hang on a second, there's more to me than just this. I'm plugged in and create and, and, and connected to something so much more infinitely powerful than I ever thought possible. And I think that's the message that needs that that needs to get out to human beings. But I think we're discovering that anyway, because of the shift and the more people that are waking up and discovering this, the the quicker the shift is happening, which is a fantastic thing. And say, for example, you're uh, you're working with somebody and you're channeling the spirit and you're 
letting them know what's going on in that regard. So you're giving a reading. I'm not sure if that's the term you put on it, but um, yeah. So like, is the information always quite esoteric? Is it always good information? Would you ever find out bad stuff about people? Um, can it be harmful or damaging? It's never, ever, ever harmful or damaging because the what I when I'm preparing to sit down to to work to do a reading, I'd always connect with spirit, raise up my own vibration, and say, um, "Spirit, please give me the guidance from a place of love, the, the guidance that the person needs to receive, and then help me address what they want to to know as well." Mm-hmm. You know, but from a place of love for their highest benefit. Now. We all go through life and we have challenges that come up in life. Um, it's never all good news all of the time. And a lot of the time, that's how we grow. You know, they say we, go through, we, we, we grow through our, 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 our problems, we grow through our suffering. So therefore, it's not that I sit down with somebody and in my own experience, it's not that I see something really awful coming up and relate that to them. I don't even see something awful coming up because the spirit only show me the information that they need to receive for their highest benefit. So as they become more empowered um, and stronger along their journey. So spirit will show me, say, for example, a challenge. I can see a challenging time coming up. Sure. What the reading will do will give them the guidance and the understanding and the clarity. So as when they are going through that challenging time, they're able to recognize it for what it is and they know how to stay in their own power. So as they come through it all the quicker and all the faster um, and do the growth that that challenging time is offering them much more effectively than otherwise, you know. Mm-hmm. But with regards to saying, you know, do would I see, I, I'm just not one of those mediums that sees a car accident, for example, coming up. Or, right. You, you know, especially if it can't be avoidable. You know, if it's part of what it is that they need to go through along their journey, you know, by way of the sacred contracts that they made before they came in, incarnated onto this planet, they're not, they're not going to tell me you know, tell them they're going to have a car accident. What good is that going to do them? Do you know what I mean? They're going yeah. to be going out into life dreading having a car accident. Do you know? Um, so, but, but say, for example, if it's not part of their journey and they're just being careless with their tires or being careless with a car, you know, and Spirit will say, tell them to get the tires changed. <laughs> okay, I get you. So, I mean, it can be on that practical level, the information, Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. It can be very, very practical. And sometimes Spirit are showing me the information on the other end of it being very... Say initially the information will come true. It would all be very, very symbolic. But I'd be a very practical person living in this real world um, with regards to the delivery of the information. You know, kind of what what do you... Spirit are showing me the information that is just very much showing me energy that means nothing to me and it's certainly not going to mean a whole lot to the sitter Mm. but from there I would work with it to download it into a practical framework so as they know look this is related to your job and this is what's going to happen in your job there's a promotion coming up like they would show me that initially as in they're becoming bigger than they ever thought that they could be and I don't know what that means. I just see their energy expanding and growing on a, on a um, on an etheric level. Say, for example, with their aura around them, I can just see like everything will always happen. Let's say photogenic. Everything will also ha- always happen at the level of thought and at the level of emotion um, and on an astral level before it happens on the physical level. It's quite like a photograph being taken. The the last thing you're going to get is that actual photograph in your hand. Yeah. Right. Um, and it goes through that process of all the different levels of energy. And the physical level is the last level that it happens on. So that's why 
a psychic can predict the future because it's already manifesting on um, um, non-physical realms before it'll manifest in uh, in physical terms. So the sitter was sitting in front of me and I'm tuning into their energy and what's coming up and what's going on. Um, and I'm, I'm picking up the energy form that's coming around, which 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 I've, I've just learned to read. For example, if somebody is about to grow, if they're about to become a more successful person, if an opportunity is come is is coming in for them, mm. so it was shown that in very various different colours of light, which I've learned to read as well. That light means this. This light means that. Do you know? Yeah. And it's all symbols, and I'm able to read that and then download it over the next few moments into what the message means there's a promotion coming up in your job you know or you're getting a new car or you're moving house you know what i mean yeah. you know but they'll show me it happening on a on an energy level first and is the information always correct or is your interpretation of the information um key to that i mean if it's on an energetic level my uh, my interpretation of what you're saying or my understanding of it would be that the information is always truthful um but in terms of actually manifesting that into a verbal form um, so that the, the person that you're working with can understand it, is, can that be a tricky process? Is it something that you get better and better with time? Is it something you practice? or How, how does that come about? Or is it just something that pops up and it's always right? It's a deve- it's a developmental, really, you know, because I, you know, like going back over these last few years, like they show me various different, various different key symbols. And because I'm doing it so long now, I know what that symbol means. I know what that energy form means. I know, I, you know. Um, so you've learned, you've learned the language of it almost. Thank you, John. Exactly. It is. It's a language that I'm. Yes, that I'm able to interpret. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, that, that makes a lot of sense in my, in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that puts it perfectly spot on. It's 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 an, it, the language of energy that I've learned. What this means, what that means. You know, right down to symbols, colours, and um, the way the energy is moving, the direction in which the energy is moving, where the energy is coming in their right hand side, their left hand side, above them, behind them. You know, I I you know I can develop a timeline from that as well. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all. It's learning the language of the energy that I'm being shown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something there that I've often wondered about with regard to readings, and it's quite a popular thing, I think, at the moment. Um, a lot of people will go and get a reading and they'll compare notes with their friends and they'll talk about it. But one thing I'm always struck by from speaking to people after they've had a reading is so much of it seems to be almost for entertainment purposes and I know that's probably a byproduct of how plugged in we are but it's almost well my mind was blown because he or she knew A, B or C about me and then generally the questions that come back in, in a group scenario if people are just chatting about it is oh well yeah maybe it was to do with some information that you fed without realising that you did it and it was deduced from that and I wonder, in your experience, Hillary, do you find that there's a certain amount of that or do a lot of people go away with the information you've given them and use it in their lives in a positive sense to maybe change themselves or to influence their way of thinking or how they're going to proceed in the future? Because that that entertainment versus use of the information is something that 
I, I mean, I, I don't see the value of it for entertainment purposes. What's the point of going and finding out information that you can use in a beneficial way if you're just going to treat it like a TV program that you've watched and had your mind blown? Like, this isn't Darren Brown. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not going to a Keith Barry show. That's, that's entertainment, and that's using particular skills to do with the subconscious for entertainment. But we're talking about something completely different. So I guess the question I'm getting at is, in your experience, how many people approach it from, say, the Keith Barry, Darren Brown, um, I don't know what other stage magicians are out there internationally for the listeners, but and how many actually go in with the mindset, I'm going to use this information for myself and to improve myself? I think... You know, say from the entertainment perspective, I think, say, um, it's very egoic, it's very three-dimensional world stuff. D- you know, it's yeah. very kind of, oh, hang on till I impress you with all that I can do. And that's absolutely so far away from the approach that I would take um, in a reading. A reading is, it's, it's, it's entering into a sacred space and it's a relationship between me, the sitter, and spirit um, to... Um, be the channel delivering guidance for their highest benefit. Now, some people might come in, like say somebody new who hasn't been to me before, um, will come in and sit down. And I know that they're coming in and sitting down. Oh God, wait to see what this one can tell me. Yeah. That kind of a, an attitude. And I just completely bypass that, ignore that, and get down to the, the serious business as to why we're there. You, you know, which but this is this is this is a sacred union between. Um, me, you and spirit I wouldn't say that but it w- that would be delivered in the process of the reading anyway you know what I mean Yeah. so the kind of you know their higher conscious knows hang on a second there's more to this than just this entertainment and their their intelligence would tell them engage in this process here because it, it's, it's going to benefit me you know what I mean um, so if somebody comes in with that kind of attitude it will dissolve within a few the first few moments of the reading you know um and and for me like that's why like many years ago i used to do the likes of you probably heard group readings or house parties where you'd go to somebody's house and there'd be a group of people sitting in the sitting room and i'm in the kitchen and i'm doing the readings and they're going back out and they're all comparing notes and was yeah. she good was she good i i cannot stand that i really can't because it's not about me being good it's about me being a channel for spirit um uh, to deliver you know messages help guidance and clarity for the sitter's highest benefit and that that's where i'm coming from I, I, it's, it's something that i'd kind of see as very very sacred mm. um and take very very seriously and um, it's very divine you know um and therefore that kind of goes away within the first few moments and henceforth i, d- I don't put myself in positions that I'm, I'm out to kind of let's say sell myself or be good or yeah because i always find anytime i'm trying to you know quote unquote be good or you know blow them away or whatever i always say spirit just hang up the phone because it's like as if they're saying to me hillary cop on to yourself this isn't about you you know what I mean? yeah yeah I'm absolutely right it's something much much bigger than that it's something much more huge than that yeah that's very interesting because I perhaps naively assumed that there would be, if somebody is quite sceptical or cynical coming in to you, I thought there might be a certain amount of egoic information needed to convince them or to open their mind a little bit to the following I information. Maybe, maybe there is, but I, would, I, I, I just don't do that. I just do what I do. I just place myself in service and I do what I do and spirit just take care of the rest, you know, or the process itself just, just, just does that. It, it, that happens anyway, you know. 
No, I, I, because it's, it's going back to we're all one, we're all connected. Um, I am as special as you are and you are as special as I am. So therefore, m- me sitting in any, in any level, any place of ego um, will just knock that out. It'll just knock out that process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that is a fascinating side of the work you do, but it is only one side of the work. There's so much mm. stuff that you do. And mm. I'm, I mean, I'm fascinated by it, all, by it all, but hypnosis is something that uh, just sticks out for me. When I think of hypnosis, again, I think of a stage, um, a stage magician <laughs> and the timepiece and all the general stereotypical things that people normally think of when they think of being hypnotized. But it's not just about that. I mean, you do hypnotherapy and uh, spiritual hypnosis. So what can you tell me about those? How different are they? How interlinked? And I mean, even linking back to the readings that you do, is all of the work quite holistic? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose I went and trained as a hypnotherapist because when I was doing readings for people, I could help them to a certain extent while they're in the room with me for the 45 minutes or whatever. And then they go back out into their lives and they continue on with the same um, patterns, the same thoughts, the same action and keep on getting the same results, you know, because they are, you know, there's a core belief there um, that needs to change so as they can come more so into their own power and more centered in that self self love, right? So I felt I was only helping people to a certain extent with the readings. Um, so I went and trained to be the hypnotherapist so as I can help them help themselves to a greater extent, you know, and the yeah. process of hypnosis is what does that. Now, but, but in terms of the hypnotherapy, um, there will be people that will come in, Hillary, I want to give up cigarettes, Hillary, I want to lose weight, Hillary, I want to um, do public speaking, whatever, you know. And I can... Um, devise the session and conduct the session so as you know they they gain all the tools that they need to lose weight or smoke stop smoking or whatever the case may be but the spiritual hypnosis goes quite deeper the spiritual hypnosis i developed that i kind of developed that myself really do you know what the spiritual hypnosis happened because People were coming to me because they knew that I was the medium and I do hypnosis, you know, so it, it developed from um, people knowing that I can connect to, so to speak, higher realms, you know, um, and help them to do whatever it was that they wanted to do. They, they, they kind of just wanted to connect with that greater part of themselves, that bigger part of themselves. And they knew that I could do that because of what I did. Um, and the spiritual hypnosis is really bringing you back in, centered in your own power and reminding you of all of the things um, that you in actual fact are. But because you live in the stresses and, and the conditions and the limitation of this um, three dimensional world that we live in, you have forgotten. So the spiritual hypnosis really brings people back centered into hang on a second. This is who I am. I'm somebody who is absolutely, I'm a spirit being having a human experience. Yeah. Absolutely perfect with an awful lot of imperfections. You know what I mean? And that's the egoic beliefs that we, we work with. But when you when somebody is brought right back into, now I remember, this is who I am. Mm. But then engage with all of the little, you know, insecurities that we have and what have you. But from that place of, complete clarity with I'm not just that small afraid um, limited 
human that I thought I was, I have so much more infinite power available to me. That's mind blowing for the person. But I always find when they go through the process and they come out of the hypnosis session, it feels like the most natural thing in the world to them at the time because it is. Mm. They've just been connected with that. I love it. I really love it. And it's only after they go back out into their physical lives, I'd hear from them a couple of days later saying, you know, that blew me away. But it didn't blow them away at the time because it was so natural. Do do you know what I mean? Yeah, so they go back out and and plug in or revert to type or whatever and all of a sudden the information then, boom, becomes... Um, yeah. just just this extraterrestrial type of experience when at the time it was just the most normal thing ever because that's the way we're supposed to be, is it? Thank you, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, ju- we've just forgotten, you know, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, it's stepping back into the remembrance of who it is that we truly are can be really empowering. But the great thing about it is that that's the case for absolutely everybody, you know. So it can be incredibly and deeply healing, you know, and um, in that so many, you know, pat- old patterns just dissolve. They go away and people move forward in life in the truth of who they are. And from that comes a completely different perspective that's much more empowering, you know. And then going back to energy and vibration, as a result, their vibration shifts. It goes up. New beginnings start happening in their lives. New relationships start coming in existing relationships that are already there improve just by the very very nature of it it's it's fantastic it's just and it's such a it's such a simple process it's so it's so easy to do and i don't mean it's so easy to do oh for me because i have the training mm. it, it's it's not it's 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 so easy to do because it's who we are in truth and we're just we're just holding the intent to work with the process of connecting back into that, do you know? Yeah, and I mean, in, in terms of hypnosis, then I know there are a lot of people who are a little bit afraid of hypnosis because, let's face it, most of our first experiences with hypnosis are something we see on telly or we might see somebody run around acting like a, a chicken on stage, you know, again, this stage <laughs> hypnosis. So what what is it, the hypnosis that you're speaking of, what is involved, or if I went into a session, what might, what might happen to me? And is, is there anything to be afraid of? Like, is it the case that you could control me and make me run out in front of traffic if you wanted to? That's probably one of the biggest misconceptions about hypnosis. Um, people, and I, it's understandable why that's a misconception, because when you're looking at people running around like chickens on a stage and what have you, you know, it does appear that they're under the hand of the hypnotist, and the hypnotist is the one that's making them do this. Yeah. But hypnosis itself, it's 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 not about somebody else controlling you. You are more in control in a state of hypnosis of yourself than you um, are when you're what's called in the better state, when you're you know in a normal, let's say, state of mind. Yeah. And your 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 um your awareness is heightened. You're completely focused, and you and you're in a subconscious state of mind. So you're taking absolutely everything in. But when you're in hypnosis, the reason why it works is because when you're in the subconscious state of mind, you're bypassing the conscious mind. And the conscious mind is the one that will either accept or reject um, a suggestion based on what the subconscious mind believes. Okay. So in hypnosis, um, we, um, in the process of regression, you're, we bypass the conscious mind and bring you into a subcon- the state of the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is open to what 
is, op- is more op- well is open to suggestion and will absorb in suggestions. So that's why when somebody is on a stage and the hypnotist and they're in the subconscious state of mind, the hypnotist will say, "Now run around and act like a chicken." They will respond to that suggestion, whatever it is. You know what I mean? So it, mm. it, it, well, but when somebody, a client is here with me and I'm working with them and I'm putting new suggestions into their mind, they're, they're going to take in those suge- suggestions and effectively do what I say. So it's more so it's the nature of the suggestion that's given that's going to make the difference be a positive or negative as opposed to um, uh, the, the hypnotist being in complete control of you. you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting because I would have looked a lot at the programming through television of a form of mass hypnosis, if you like. Um, Mm. I mean, I just find it interesting, even the use of language, a TV program, you know, let's change the program in the viewer. So uh, television will put somebody into probably an alpha state, so they are a little bit more suggestible. They're still consciously thinking, but I suppose subliminals are bypassing everything else and going straight to the subconscious. Um, So the state then during the hypnosis that you're talking about, would that be like something like a theta state where you go into a, a deeper level of suggestibility? Or is there any correlation? Now, am I completely wide of the mark there? I mean, is television, for argument's sake, a form of true hypnosis? You're, I'm so glad you said that because you're absolutely spot on. And if you can, if, if you can look at hypnosis like that, like once we go into a state of relaxation, mm. all right, say it's sitting down reading a book or watching... Um, the dreaded soap operas on TV, you you know, um, once we relax and let's say switch off, you're in a state of waking hypnosis. So you're actually experiencing and taking in absolutely everything that you're seeing going on there. And all of those messages are going into your subconscious mind, which will effectively, um, they they will have either a positive, negative influence on your reality. Do do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. or even when you're when you're reading a book, like we do hypnosis all of all of the time. Like all of us would enter into a state of hypnosis a couple of times a day, um, but we don't recognise it as hypnosis. For for um, example, reading a book and you're or watching a movie and you find yourself crying. You know what I mean because you're so absorbed in it. Or we're driving home from work. It's called highway hypnosis, and you arrive in at your driveway and you're thinking. Gosh, I don't remember passing through such such a town, but you must have because yeah. you're home. You know what I mean? But I think um, it's a huge. It's it's a let's say the media and and the broadcasters and everything. They've got this. They know this, and they put out all of these suggestions to us all of the time that we're taking in in a subliminal level without even realizing that we're taking it in. Mm-hmm. We're not consciously taking in all of these messages, but it's kind of keeping us, if you like. Um, plugged into this, what the suggestions that they want us to take on board. So, Hilary, just to get things clear in my own mind then, in terms of the two different forms of therapy that you do, hypnotherapy and then the spiritual hypnosis treatment that you've yeah. developed, if we compare the two, it seems to me that the more practical form of hypnotherapy, which maybe helps people give up smoking or something like that or deal with an addiction or a certain type of behavior is a more material thing, whereas the spiritual treatment is more esoteric and empowers people with more general tools to enable themselves to grow on in a spiritual sense. It's not so much about, right, I have a problem, I need to fix that one physical problem that I have. Yeah. Would that be yeah. a correct understanding or interpretation of the difference between the two? 
Yeah, absolutely. But like the spiritual hypnosis, it really is about stepping into your own power, the power and the truth of who it is that you truly are. Um, so is, and, and from that you grow, you know, and, and it enhances your life and how you feel about life. So as you, you, you just have so much more clarity moving forward. And I suppose confidence as well and moving forward in, in, in this lifetime. But um Say, for example, what the spiritual hypnosis would also by default do is if somebody is overeating um, and gaining weight, that can effectively be because they're not all of the time, but sometimes it can be because it's, it's, it's comfort eating is a big, big thing. Mm. But say, for example, the spiritual hypnosis, even though they didn't come to lose weight, the spiritual hypnosis, because they have so much more clarity in who they are, because they're moving forward in life saying, hang on a second, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to be the very, very best person that I can possibly be while I'm on this planet for the 80 odd years or whatever. You know, they begin to start looking after themselves more and by default address the um, uh, behavioral patterns and habits. Um, from that place that was causing them harm, you know, you know what I mean. You know, the the, the comfort eating. They start eating better because they want to look after themselves. They want to feel better in themselves. They want to keep this going. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Um, as a so it it kind of has a knock on effect or um, the negative behavioural patterns by default dissolve you know as opposed to say on a material level somebody coming in I want to give up smoking I want to lose weight okay we'll address that and that's what gets addressed and I'll always work with them uh, building confidence as well you know just by the very very nature of the 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 session and what happens I mean there will always be a lot in there to build up the person's confidence um, uh, so as they can they feel confident in themselves in going ahead and doing the changes that they do but I, I wouldn't necessarily address it address I don't, gosh, I suppose I'm trying to say, when I do the spiritual hypnosis, the um, material end of things indirectly gets addressed. Whereas when I'm doing the material hypnosis, um, I will just work with the confidence and building confidence geared around their confidence to give up smoking or their confidence to know that they can change their behavior patterns so as they can lose weight, for example, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I'm learning so much here just from talking to you, Hilary. I'm really, really enjoying this conversation. And I have so many more questions for you as well because I know that it is a, a holistic service that, that you provide in the work that you do. So, I mean... Let's talk for a minute about Reiki and spiritual healing. And I know there's a life management program that we'll talk about as well. But Reiki is something I've never experienced. I know very little about it. My potted knowledge of it is that it is to do with healing energies and the manipulation of energy in a positive way to maybe clear blockages that might be causing uh, problems for people. So what is Reiki? How can it benefit people? And how does it tie into the other work that we've already discussed? Yeah, like you, you, you just said it there, and I think the Reiki healing and the spiritual healing. The, the difference with the Reiki is, um, the Reiki would work with various different symbols, you know, and each symbol carries a, a certain energy, and um, to do, like, say, there's the peace symbol. So you do the peace symbol around somebody. That's what it does, you, you know, um, and the Reiki healing or and the spiritual healing, it is where the healer um, provides themselves. Of, as, as a channel of service, the healing flows, they tune into the, um, um, 
the higher frequencies, the spirit come in, they work through the healer. So the healer becomes a channel who channels the healing energy from, from source through the person to go where it needs to go and do what it needs to do. And the, but with the Reiki and spiritual healing, the energy that's channeled is always pure, unconditional love. Um, and that in terms, yes, it will clear the energy. Like any block that we would ever get in our thoughts on an emotional level or and then finally manifest on a physical level. If it's chronic, it will manifest on another address, it will manifest on a physical level um, as illness. You know, is it's just an energy block where we are, have um, looked away from love, forgotten who we are, come up from a place of ego. Now, I mean ego in the spiritual sense, ego in the spiritual sense being the part of ourselves that sees us as separate from um, all it is, you know, mm-hmm. um, and from there comes fear and any thoughts and emotions that are under the umbrella of fear like anger, judgment, guilt, all of those things. They were and stress, they're going to create um they're going to create negativity. You know, and that man- negativity will manifest in the emotional body, the um mental body, the physical body. You know, and the Reiki healing because it's unconditional love and unconditional love it is the antidote to everything, you know, because it's the only true power that is. You know, we'll go in sorry, the energy is channeled from source through the healer and goes in and effectively clears those blocks. But the person, again, has the responsibility to go out from there and um, engage in more effective behaviour patterns and thought patterns um, in their own lives so as the effect of the cause changes. You know, the cause being the level of thought mm-hmm. and the effect being the realities that they're experiencing. If they change the thought or if they even change the emotion, then the reality will change, if I'm making sense. You're making complete sense. And just to clarify then, when you're talking about love and love versus fear, a lot of people would assume that hate mm-hmm. is the opposite of love. But we've spoken to many guests on this show and we've explored the concept of what true love is. Um, so when you're speaking about love, you're... There are three types of love, I suppose. There's Eros love, which is the erotic, romantic, Valentine's Day, heavy quotation marks, love that we see in the media all the time. But there's also Phyllis love, which would be, say, you love your best friend. You know, it's, it's a non-romantic thing. And then there's the agape, which is unconditional love that somebody might have for a child. So when you speak about love, are you talking about these three loves, like the Holy Trinity, put together and it becomes a much more inherent metaphysical power as opposed to the love that we are all so familiar with and are sold by Hallmark? The way I see it, my own perspective is there's, there's only two energies on this planet. There's only two energies in this universe. One is love and the other is fear. Yeah. And the love that I'm talking about is what we are all created from. And I don't mean in a romantic sense, I mean the love that comes from our creator. Some people call him source, some people call him God, some people call him universal energy. Do you know, I call him God. That's the love I'm talking about. We all come from that love. We are created from that love and because an idea can never leave its source, we are that love. We are the embodiment of that of, of that love. And so is absolutely everything that is energy on this planet is is that's the only reality there really really is and the opposite and, and because that love is 
is all that is. It's therefore omnipresent. So in actual fact, it cannot actually have any opposite, you know, which mm-hmm. kind of makes, in theory, therefore, which makes makes fear something that doesn't actually exist. But we all know that fear does exist because we experience fear, but it comes from our own minds. Right, so what we call fear is actually an absence of love in the same way as darkness isn't actually a thing, it's an absence of light. That's that's, That's the analogy I use all of the time, exactly. And when when you bring light, as in love, into any situation, the fear or the darkness disappears. Um, And there's some you know there's something quite miraculous about love is when you're holding space for love when you're coming from your heart in any given situation um, you're holding space for miracles so therefore like if you were to look up a miracle in the dictionary it would say something along the lines of a miracle is something that cannot be defined by science or nature Mm. you know personally I disagree with that I think you know when we are holding space for love, miracles occur naturally. So if miracles are not occurring in our lives, it means that we are just looking away from love. We're not coming from a place of, of love. And I'm talking about the unconditional love in terms of kind of recognising self and everybody else is all one. Um, and, and, you know, asking questions like, hang on a second, what can I, what can I see, seeing yourself from the perspective as a spirit being having a human experience while you're here. So therefore asking questions like, hang on a second, I'm in service here, so what can I give to this situation as opposed to what can I get? Now in life being life, a lot of us get caught up in in the opposite way of thinking because we live in that kind of drift, in, in a society and in a world that's driven that way, like we were told, get this, get that, get the other. It's very egoic, it's all about what can I gain? Mm. You know, gaining more and more and more power all of the time. But instead asking questions like, hang on a second from a spiritual perspective, what can I give to this situation as opposed to what can I get? Um, that's when things shift, things change, you respond as opposed to you reacting, you know, reacting the same behavior all of the time mm-hmm. that, that's been given to you. Somebody's angry to you, you react to that anger. All you're doing is keeping that egoic pattern going of anger, you know, and we're taught to do that, kind of stand up for yourself, fight for yourself. And I'm not saying don't stand up for yourself, but it's it's. When you're, when you're coming from a place of love, you respond as opposed to react, working with the awareness that we have this response ability within ourselves to create change and to create and bring about peace in any given situation depending on where we come from. Are we going to choose out of love or are we going to choose out of fear? So I think love and fear, they're really, really important energies, but more important than either of the two of them is um, choice. Because it's the choice that we make at any given moment to come from either one or the other. And that's what, I suppose, doing the work um, um, on a day-to-day level on our, on, on ourselves, that's why that's really, really important. It's not just something that you plug into to meditate for 10, 20 minutes a day. It's It's got to be something that you make conscious. You know, hang on a second, coming from my heart, what can I give to this situation? Or how can I see this situation differently in other words, from a place of love, so as I can hold space for a miracle to happen here, naturally, mm. you know. So you're enabling, in a sense, people to take responsibility for themselves. You're giving them the tools that we may have, that we, well, we have lost over time to remember the true self and get in touch with that true self and then begin to work on yourself as opposed to, again, possibly the more traditional view of 
forms of therapy or psychotherapy or whatever it might be whereby you go in you have a session and you're grand for a couple of days and then you need another session in a week for the rest of your life mm. allied with mainstream big pharma and a load of pills just to keep you functioning on a daily basis when in fact we actually have all these tools within us to begin with if somebody can help us to learn what they are and how to use them again yeah exactly and then taking the responsibility to commit working with those tools you know because by our very very nature because we are just love by our very very and I think this is a message that's really really forgotten you know and it needs to be um, it needs to be remembered and it's a message that needs to be louder and louder and louder all of the time um, we need to remember who it is that we are and that there's infinite power and potential available to us at all at all times you know just 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 by just by being consciously aware of that and committing to working with that and taking the responsibility as you were saying yeah of self to do that each and every single day and we only get to realize and you know the the it's all there in the divine laws of the universe the cosmic law what we're really doing is connecting back in with those 11 laws that were created from the dawn of time and are at play no matter what. And we're connecting back in with them by the very nature of when we hold space for love and choose, hang on a second, I'm going to make, I'm going to make my life better, I'm going to make my life happier so as I can be a better person than I was yesterday. Do you know what I mean? So as I can grow, so as I can evolve and so as I can contribute my part to this planet for the 80 year old, whatever years that I am, that, that I'm here. And even saying that, um, you're, you're, you're plugging into the um, divine laws of the universe that are there all of the time and still in harmony and, 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 and peace within this planet. Right. You're becoming part of that. You're becoming, let's say, of service to that, a channel for that, both in your own life um, and, and, and then even locally in your community. But if, if, if enough people did that all over the whole world, this world would change overnight. And when you talk about cosmic laws or divine laws, are you essentially talking about natural law and yeah. the overall encompassing premise that do no harm, but take no shit type thing? Exact spawn. Do no harm but take no shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah, the law of karma, the law of um, cause and effect, the, you know, the law of attraction, you, you know, um, yeah, do no harm but take no shit. Exactly. <laughs> right. I totally get you. So is this then when where life management comes in? Um, is life management and the program that you provide and the training that you provide, is, is that to enable people then to actually use these tools on a practical daily level to improve themselves on, like, into the future as opposed to just within the hour, hour and a half that a session might be? It's, it's, it's the, the life-changing program. It, that, it's, it's, it, that's pretty much what it does. And it's, it's, I run the life-changing program over um, four sessions. And the difference with that one is, I suppose, um, like given most of my sessions, say for weight loss or smoking cessation or whatever, the, the change will happen in one to three sessions. You know, that's all people really need. Um, but the uh, and the spiritual hypnosis, you know, one one session. And if somebody wanted to come once a year, once every five years, that's absolutely fine as well. But I wouldn't necessarily need to have, you know, OK, I need to see you next week. I need to see you the week after. D you know, the change will happen in, in the hour, the hour and a half that they're with me. Yeah. The life management program, the difference with that one is um, it's run over four uh, sessions. And in between, the, um, there's a lot of... Uh, 
self-reflection and self-evaluation mm-hmm. that the client w- would do with regards to what is it that I want to clear? What are these self-limiting beliefs that I want to that I want to clear? And working with creating their own uh, suggestions to um, that they apply in their own self-hypnosis, so as to bring about those change th- th- those changes. You know, so I suppose the life management program it's it, it's more it's more uh, I'm doing the work, but the the client is also doing the work as well, and we're we're working together to bring about profound, massive changes in their lives, so as they really dissolve old patterns, create new ones, they set goals, and they work out how they're going to get to those goals as well. And is there is there any kind of neurolinguistic programming that would come into that? Um so that people could use practical tools or is that something separate the reason I ask is because a couple of years ago on the show um, I interviewed Betty and Fran Cosgrave about NLP and what it was that that was all about and just some of the uh, some of the tools that that helps people work with themselves seem to me on the surface that they might be quite beneficial in something like a life program or a training program um I'm not a I'm not a trained NLP practitioner, uh, but I do know an awful lot about NLP just from my own research and my own reading. So I would bring that into the session just by way of the different um, um, NLP techniques and what have you. It's kind of it's it's all blended into the one really. But what I would say to people is NLP is ext- if NLP works for you, it is extremely powerful and most certainly yes complements hypnotherapy you know i i feel that one complements the other and vice versa so um it's it's i i bring it in um in a way that i i don't i don't tell people look i'm doing nlp with you you know i would say look that was an if they commented on it i'd say that was an nlp technique you know but i don't advertise myself as an nlp practitioner if i'm if i'm making sense yeah but i do think that it really complements um hypnotherapy very very effectively yeah Mm -hmm. well one thing I'd like to talk about as well um, as we start to wrap things up Hilary is an appearance that you're making at the Open Minds Conference in Waterford in Ireland tell us about that and what you'll be speaking about the name of my talk John is the powerful truth of who we are and it pretty much overlaps and parallels an awful lot of what we've discussed um, here um, really about bringing people reminding people of who it is that we are, connecting them back with that, back to centred with that again, and from that place, what it is that we can do to be as great as we absolutely are, and even greater yet, and then addressing what it is, like how we can go about our daily lives, um, and and realise that potential self-realisation. I suppose that's within us all, you know. And I've kept the talk. It's very, it's yes, it is talking about spirit, and I wouldn't so much say spiritual spirituality, but it's more so that deep within within us all, we all know that we come from some place else than than this. You know, deep deep within us all, we all know that we're greater than just this physical body. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when. We, when we start talking about that and we start addressing that, that remembrance will just come back. It's a spirit. We, you know, we all have it. We all have that intuition available to us all. Um, and when we connect back in with that, it just all starts flowing. But I've kept the talk 
very much, it's almost like bridging the gap between the spiritual and the practical. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not, I think, I think spiritual stuff and let's say um, healing and, and, you know, law of attraction and what have you. I just have, you know, it can get a bit of a rap for being quite airy-fairy, whereas my opinion on it is more so, no, hang on a second, this is the most powerful force there is, you know, and if we come from that perspective in, you know, all realms of life and all areas of life, things will change, things will change faster and more profoundly than ever before. Why? Because we're in good hands, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, and like I was saying earlier on, from there, miracles will happen. And that's pretty much um, what, what my talk is about and, I, and showing people how as well, you know. It's all about solutions ultimately, isn't it? And one of the things I like about your work is that it's so firmly grounded in solutions. Everything is solution-based. It's not just telling us what's wrong with the world but or, or an individual or something on a spiritual level. It's, well, how do we do something about that? And here's how. Exactly. Let's, let's get things done here. Yes. Yes, let 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 go about creating something new, a new normal. Yes, yeah, so solution based, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm very looking for, uh, very much looking forward to the Open Minds Conference. It takes place in Waterford in the southeast of Ireland on the 25th and 26th of February, and pe- people can find more details from the link that I have on the website. But before we let you go, Hilary, uh, tell us about your website, how people can get in touch with you if they're interested in the work that you do. Um, I'm, I'm really struck by the name as well of your practice. It's Circe Hypnosis and Spiritual Wellbeing. For those who mightn't be familiar with the Irish language, that means freedom, which I think is a great name. I really like that word. Yeah, it's freedom from self-limiting thoughts and self-limiting beliefs. That's why I call it Thirsta Hypnosis. Yeah, yeah. Um, my website is um, hillaryconnor.com www.hillaryconnor.com um, and all the information is up there um, on how you can get in touch with me. And, and you know, I actually have a Facebook group as well for anybody that's interested. It's um, Hillary Connor Psychic Therapist. So there's only one L in Hillary. Um, Hillary Connors like therapist, so it's up there on Facebook as well. And I'd write a few little pieces and um, put them up there from time to time. And you know, um, the the content on it is, is is kept very much in terms of what we were talking about, you know, and how we can get back to who it is that we truly are and go from there. And and those gentle reminders all of the time, and um, would be the you know the, the type of content that I would put back up there, put up there all of the time, you know. Yeah, and for any listeners then who are around the world and who aren't physically able to visit you, I'm wondering, and I could be so wide of the mark here, if we're all part of the the greater one, our drops in the ocean, so to speak, would it be the case that this can be done on a reading or something can be done on a remote level, like that you wouldn't have to physically be in the room with somebody because we are all interconnected after all? Mm. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I do readings across the world all the time. Um, the vast majority of the time it's done via Skype and it works very, in very, very much the same way as if the person was sitting in front of me, in front of me, you know. Um, um, I noticed, John, with the, the recession that hit here in Ireland there in 2008 and over the following few years, everybody um, having to head off to Australia and the States and Canada and everything else. Um, I became very, very busy with the sky breathing then. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so. <laughs> Some clients that had, yeah, and it was all clients that had left, and but wanted to hook in and say, Hillary, you know, can I have a bit of guidance? Hillary, sort of, can I have a bit of guidance? But, but that, and then from there, them telling their contacts all abroad who had never heard of me, them looking for guidance as well, you know. Mm. So 
um, yeah, they're, they're, it works in very much the same way. Yeah. I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Hilary Connor, it's been fantastic speaking to you on Alchemy. Thank you so much for joining me and I really look forward to not just meeting you in the future but to chatting again on the show, hopefully. Thank you very, very much. It's been a pleasure, John. Alchemy, alchemy, alchemy. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Alchemy. Remember, we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising-free format and are very grateful for any help you can offer. There's no fixed cost on donations and it all helps, so if you could spare even the price of a cup of coffee or a bag of chips or a Learjet every month, it would go a long way towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website and your support and assistance is very much appreciated. So thank you to everyone for your recent help and support. We couldn't do it without you. And for those of you who are interested in the Open Minds Conference in Ireland, it is, as I said, happening on the 25th and 26th of February in Waterford in the southeast of Ireland. And the guests include Hilary and Tom Ryan, who's speaking about personal sovereignty, Uh, Judith Baker, who is speaking on Lee Harvey Oswald and Lessons on War by Media. There's Ian R. Crane, who we've had on the show before, The Death of Democracy. Mark Bierski, A Spiritual Talk. Mark Devlin, who we've spoken to many times uh, about lifetime actors and culture creation. Ben Gilroy, another previous guest, Broken Political System and Corrupt Courts. Those Conspiracy Guys on the Strangeness of Truth. These are really interesting guys from Ireland who run a very successful podcast as well that I highly recommend checking out. They speak about all kinds of topics in a very a kind of a jovial and accessible manner. I think they're really, really good. So that's those conspiracy guys, a complimentary podcast to this one, if you like. I think it's great. Garota Colmon will be talking about the truth about the wars in Syria and the Middle East. Gemma Hughes on natural health and healing and Terry Lawton on ge- geoengineering and chemtrails. So for more details... Google Open Minds Ireland Conference 2017 or go to the link on our website as well. Until the next time, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power.